0: This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is titled The Authority of Scriptures. The Holy Bible is a book that was breathed upon by God. It has survived 1,500 years through 40 generations and 40 authors, written in different times and places, and survived wars and persecution, criticism, and rejections. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God.
1: All right, tonight, um, let, me, let me tell you, there's a lot of notes to take tonight. So uh, if you uh, don't know how to get to the location where we um, have, it, have a, a sheet for you to print out and fill in, uh, you might want to do that. So um, just go to watch, go to where it says watch, and you'll see where it says Bible study notes. And you might want to go ahead and print that or call that up so you can take notes because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So I want to start off by um, talking about uh, what I want to talk about tonight is the the authority of scriptures. That's the title of this teaching tonight. The authority of scriptures. Second 2 Timothy 2, 2 Timothy three sixteen talks us about tells us about the power of the the scriptures and uh, that it's it's given by God, inspired by God. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that uh, God wants us always to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us. We always want to be able to, to have an answer. And the reason I want to talk about the authority of Scripture is because we are now facing a time and a place where as we uh, uh, go further into history, as we go further into the day, More and more people are rejecting the word to live their lives according to their own opinions and philosophies. And it's become, it's going to get even more intense. And so for those of us who embrace the scriptures as God's truth, uh, people are going to reject it. They They already are rejecting it. They're already calling us crazy. They're already calling us names because we choose to believe the scriptures. And the and the, and the question I have to, to raise today is: What are you going to do? Are you going to wilter under the pressure? Are you going to deny the scriptures when somebody challenges you on why you believe? And 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 especially some of these issues, people feel like they have a right to live the way they want to live, and and they and they they call you haters if you say, you know, say something that's contrary to the popular culture of today. They will challenge you. So. You know the scripture so why do we why do we believe that homosexuality and lesbian lifestyle is a sin why because the scripture says it is that's why why do we believe why do we believe that abortion is murder and killing the child before the child is born because the scripture tells us that why do we stand up for those things and stand solid for those things why do we we oppose these things because the, the only reason is because the Bible tells us it's the heart of God. The Bible reveals to us the heart of the eternal God who made the heavens and the earth. And that's something that everybody who's a believer has to embrace and understand. God made us that. So I'm I'm going to ask a question. Here. I'm going to show you something on the screen real quick. I want you to take a look at this and tell me what do you see? Tell me, what does that say? Go ahead, put it in the chat. Let me just wait and see what y'all put in the chat. Let me tell somebody to interpret what that says. Let me see what y'all put in the chat. I'm going to wait. I'm waiting. i going to wait and see what y'all say. Um, yeah, I'm going to wait and see what y'all put up there. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I'm seeing what y'all are putting up there. Okay, looks like it's going a little slow, a little slow, a little slow. I might be a little bit ahead of y'all before I see it on the screen. That might be what it is. About 30 seconds? Oh my gosh. This is a 30-second wait. My Lord, have mercy. Okay, now they get it. Okay, I see somebody say that God is nowhere. I see some, I see another God is nowhere. I see somebody saying God is now here. God is now here. Okay, I see that. I see that. I see. God is here now. Some I don't know how y'all see that, but maybe you did. But okay, so here's the point. Okay, that's good. Y'all, y'all are chiming in now. I see it. So, so some people see God is nowhere, and some people see God is now here. So, so the reason I put that up there is because what you see is dependent upon your perspective, how you see it, how you embrace it, how you approach it. And I want to spend a few moments telling you today that the Bible's the same way. How do you how do you view the scriptures? How do you look at it? What what do you see in the scriptures? What do what do the scriptures say is based on what you what you see and how you how you approach it and how you interpret it? And the truth of the matter is, I choose to interpret this book as God's truth. And it teaches us that God made the heavens and the earth, and he made human beings. And one day, you know what it all says? It also says, one day we're going to have to answer to him for our choices and our decisions and our actions. And the Bible's clear about that. It is absolutely clear about that. And the question, here's the question, Pastor Jenkins, why do you put so much confidence in the scriptures? Why do you believe that it's the word of God? Why, you know, because some people will tell you this is a book made by human beings. Some people will tell you it was written by white people to keep black people enslaved. Some people will tell you it's not the word of God. I mean, the question is, why do I put so much time? Why do I run my life by this? Why do, I, why do I make decisions for my life, for my family, for how I manage my money, for how I treat my kids, how I treat my wife? Why do I put so much confidence in this, ver- in this book right here? I put it in it because it's the word of God. And I'm going to teach you today, and I don't know if I'll get through all of this today. I have a lot of stuff to tell you. I'm going to tell you why I put so much confidence. And I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to understand this. I want you to embrace it. I want you to take great notes. Because if anybody asks you for the hope that is live within you and why you believe what you believe and why you do what you do and why do you put so much confidence in it, I want you to be able to give an answer for it. I want you to be able to say this is why you put your trust in scriptures and why you govern your life by it. So that's what I want to do. So that, that is why I want to spend a few moments in dialogue about this because we are fastly approaching the day and time where the voices against the scriptures are getting even louder and louder. And for those of us who say that we are believers and we are Christians and we are disciples of Jesus are going to be approached and faced and challenged. And God God knows I want you to be able to have the ability to give an answer for the hope that is in you. That's what I want you to be able to do. So having said that, let me go through and begin to now this dialogue about what this, what I believe and what this teaches. Let me begin by talking about the history of the Bible. And let me start off by giving you this headline here that says what the source and origins of the scriptures. What is the source and the origins of the scriptures? Where did the scriptures come from? What, where, where does the teaching of this word come from? And why can you have so much confidence? Let me tell you where we, where we got it from. It begins by the fact... That number one, the the scriptures were originally written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. So God used men, I'm going to come back to that point in just a moment, God used men to write scriptures, and the scriptures were written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. However, they were written by God through men that he inspired. God inspired these men to write these scriptures. God breathed on men, anointed men, gave them the mind of what to write down. See, God works through people. Here's a very important point you and I must understand. God does his action and his works through human beings. And he used human beings to write the scriptures. And so they wrote it in these various languages, Hebrew, Ar- Aramaic, and Greek. And these men were the channels that God inspired for the scriptures to be written. Second Timothy Chapter 3, verse 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God inspired men. He inspired them. And it says, you know what it says about the scripture? It is profitable for doctrine. That's for what we believe. It's profitable for reproof, to tell you when you're wrong, for correction, to tell you what to do what's right, and for instruction in righteousness. That's what That, that verse right there, so much hangs on that verse right there. That the scripture has been inspired by God and he gave us the scriptures for that, for that very purpose and that very reason. Now, um, what was written? Here's another thing. We already said this, but I want to say it again. It came from God. God is the one who wrote it or inspired them to write it. Let's look at Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Let's see what that says. But here's the key. Highlight that. Stick a pin on it. That God inspired these men to write this. Here's what it says: so We did not, we did not follow, and do not follow, cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses to His Majesty. Oh, that's powerful. We were eyewitnesses. To the majesty and the power of God, men wrote. These guys were inspired by God; they were anointed and gifted by God, and they had the opportunity and the privilege and the power to be able to see God's presence, speak to them, and communicate with them, and give them clear directions. And so, this, this, this they got, they, they saw the demonstration of God's power coming of our Lord Jesus, and were eyewitnesses to His Majesty. Verse seventeen says. For he received from God the the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the, the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Verse 19. We have the prophetic word confirmed. That's these scriptures which you do well to heed has a light that shines in a dark place. Oh, that's powerful right there. This is a light that shines in a dark world until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. You you can't just pick up and make it say what you want it to say. And only you see that in the scriptures. It's not of any private interpretation what it says is what it says and it's true for everybody for prophecy never came by the will of man verse 21 but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit so god used the holy spirit to motivate and speak into men who wrote and recorded what the scriptures taught and said that's that's the cornerstone amen that is the cornerstone of what we believe and where we hang our hats it starts with that point that this scripture was given to us by the very presence of God through these men who wrote. And they translated. The Bible was translated in various languages. That's, there's been languages all over the world. There's no other book as the highest selling book in all of eternity, all of time, that has been written and translated in very verses. And translations, however, translations might have errors but not the original text, translation. Sometimes translations might interpret a, a word wrong or incorrectly. A translation might do that. It, and a matter of fact, some translations do do that. Uh, but what, this is why we always try to go back to the original text and talk about where we got that original text in just a few moments. But So we believe that the original text is without error. So that's where we start, that God breathes upon men Inspired in their hearts to write what they wrote, and we believe that God used them to give us the scriptures as we understand them. Now, what else do we know about the scriptures? So let's talk about, let's start with the Old Testament. They were copied or made by Jewish scribes. This is how this works they wrote it down and then they made copies. As a matter of fact, it was a gift and a call for some people that that's all, that was their job, was to. To copy the scriptures. And that's why God created the Jewish culture. The Jewish race was created. One of the reasons they were created. One of the reasons God picked them to be there. Be his chosen people. He called the Jews to be his chosen people. Because they had the responsibility of a couple things. They brought the Messiah into the world. But they also had the responsibility of preserving the scriptures. So before they were printing press and publishing abilities. They hand wrote and copied and they counted every dot and every tittle to make sure that they had the right thing. They didn't add anything or take anything away. This was their responsibility. painstaking detail they did. This was their gifting and their anointing that they had to keep the details of what the scripture said specifically to line up with what had been written originally. And we believe that. I accept that. I embrace that. That was the assignment that they have. And that's what they did. Pain's taken detail. And it was written, the Old Testament, over several hundred years. That's going to come up too. We're going to talk about that in just a few moments because that too becomes a very, very significant thing. That over several hundred years, and I'm going to say this. Let me go ahead and say this because I'm going to say it um, again in a few moments. With no conflict no, with no contradictions, different languages, different parts of the country or the world, people wrote, and yet they always fit in harmony. I'm going to come back to that just a moment. I get, I get excited and I, I, come, I, I get ahead of myself. I'm a little bit ahead of myself because I get excited about the scriptures. I get excited about the truth that it pertains, it contains, because it changes our lives. It's a life changer. It changes our walk. It changes us. It frees us from the power. It, can, it contains truth that gives us victory and freedom in our lives, and I love it. And I give God the praise for all of that. Now that's the Old Testament, copied by Jewish scribes, painstaking detail, written over several hundred years. Let's let's, die, let's go into the New Testament because it too has some specifics about it. It was written over a period of about 50 years, not as long as the Old Testament, but over a span of 50 years, and. And the books were combined together in various ways. And so um, the New Testament books were combined to make the New Testament and the Old Testament books were combined. And ultimately, eventually, both the Old and the New Testament were combined and finalized in 397 A.D., 397 years after Christ, after uh, after his death. And so... Um, so, um, God used these. A uh, Council of Trent is, is, is an organization of the early church that came together and w- went through some criteria to determine which books would be in what we now call the Bible. <clears throat> so there were some um, there were some books that did not get included in the scriptures. So, <clears throat> in 397 D.C. Uh, A.D. I'm sorry, 397 A.D. Um, the Old and New Testament were finalized by what's called the Council of Carthage. Uh, that's we'll talk about that a little bit later. <clears throat> and and they and they wrote that. And here's the thing: every New Testament book had to meet certain requirements in order for it to be included. <clears throat> they didn't just take every book that was written, because there was a lot of books written, even. Uh, John says, this verse in John says, there was more books written than 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 could be contained in one book, so there was a whole bunch of books written when something happened. Like a lot of newspapers we have, a lot of magazines. Everybody, everything, everything, doesn't fit to make it into the parameters of the holy scriptures, and they established some criteria to define what they were and how they got what determined what got into those books. What were those criteria? What were the things that made the the determination of whether a book made it into what we now today call the Holy Bible? I'm glad you asked the question. Here's the first thing. It's called the test of the test of authority. That means they tested the authority of who wrote the book. Who is it that wrote that particular book? The authority of, the, of, of an apostle's authorship or endorsement? Did an apostle write it? Did um, whoever wrote it, particularly in the New Testament, the, two new, the New Testament had to meet certain criteria? Who wrote that? And, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you for some water. I appreciate it. I'm here coughing and you did a fine job. Thank you. Excuse me for just a second. <clears throat> Thank you. Sorry, y'all. The test of authority. So which, which uh, um, that was the number one, the test of authority. The second thing is the test of uniqueness. <coughs> that means, uh, is the evidence of what's in the book, in that particular book, uh, does it have any unique characteristics that it meets the criteria of what they call an inspired book? Does it meet the internal evidence of the things that they look for in an inspired book? And thirdly, the final test was the test of acceptance. Now, how did that work? It worked this way, that um, if the early church accepted it, if the early church accepted it, then that was a requirement. The early church had to accept it. Now, how does that work? Here's how it works. You know, there were people who lived when Jesus lived. We'll talk about this in a few moments, too. They lived and they saw some of these things. And if they they knew that certain things were written that they know didn't happen, they know it wasn't true, then that book got eliminated. And so a lot of books got eliminated because it contained things that there was no validation that they can say that it happened. So it got tested by whether or not the early church embraced it and accepted it as truth. Now, that's got to give us some peace and some confidence that people didn't just throw every book that, that somebody wrote and just threw them together. It had to meet a criteria and a process. And again, I, I tell you what I believe. I believe that even the, 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 the Council of Carthage, who put the Bible together as we know it today, also had the Spirit of God, uh, the presence of God, inspiring them on on the criteria that they established. I believe that. I believe that the things that they quoted and said and and how they put this process together, I believe the Holy Spirit gave them clear direction and inspiration on how to do that. Now, let me talk about the evidence for the proof of the scriptures. Let me go to this section for just a section and talk about the evidence of the proof that we can put so much confidence in the scripture and it starts off with what we call the harmony of the scriptures. What, are, what is the harmony of the word of God? What, what can we place, um, what, what does that mean? It means, it means this, various writers from different continents and different languages wrote, yet the scriptures are harmonious. That means, I said this earlier, they don't conflict each other. Now, you know, I, I think about the fact that I could be in church one day, and if you sit down and talk to somebody what happened at church on Sunday, you can ask ten different people, and you'll get ten different answers of what happened, ten different perspectives, ten different. But yet the, the scriptures are written, and uh, those who wrote the scriptures were harmonious and agreed. Uh, Even though they may have spoken from different vantage points, different perspectives, but yet there was no contradiction. There was no debate about what happened and occurred. So they wrote and one of the one of the evidences is the scriptures are harmonious. That's first. Secondly, there's there are no contradictions. There are no uh, disagreements about what happens. Now, everything I want to I want to tell you that everything in the Bible is true, but not everything in it is truth. Let me say that again. Everything in the Bible is true, but not everything in it is truth. Now I want you to go to John 9.31 for just a second. I want to read John 9.31 to sort of uh, prove my, make my point here for you to understand what I'm saying. Because in John 9.31, a man makes a statement. Here's what he says. John 9.31. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will he hears him now it's true that the man who said that made that statement that's true but his statement is not truth let me give that to you again let me back up the man said this is somebody speaking it's not jesus it's a man talking he's he's answering somebody and he says we know that god does not hear sinners well if god don't hear sinners we can't get saved because when we cry out to God to save us, he hears us, and we are sinners. And so that statement is not true, but it's truth that he said it. So the scriptures contain truth, but not everything that you see in And you have to read it in the context that it's in. You have to read it and understand, well, who's making this statement? And what are they saying? And is what they're saying true? So this man made the stu- statement, that's true. But what he said is not the truth. We do know that God does hear sinners. So that's an important element that you have to understand when you read the scriptures. If you read something that appears to be a contradiction, that appears not to be true, that means that possibly you have improperly interpreted what it says.
0: You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr., we must each decide how we will view the Bible. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenardenorg give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.